Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, now for the second time recording with us this week, uh, the audio file was corrupted, but very pleased to have him back. It's Peter Berlin, uh, football writer for Sports Illustrated, and he also writes for Politico. Glad to have you back again. Uh, we've changed up the topic a little bit this time, though. We're going to be talking about what clubs' goals are short-term, long-term, and how that affects either what they've done in the transfer market or just historically how their clubs have developed. Uh, I think a, a good place to start is the upcoming Manchester Derby, where we have two managerial greats of the modern game with Mourinho, who has seemingly a very short-term plan, and Pep Guardiola, who's trying to instill maybe a longer-term project. What are your view of those? Well, I think part of the issue is what the what the club's objectives are. Um, Manchester United didn't qualify for the Champions League last year, second time in three years. Um, they're in a hurry, as are Chelsea. Um, Manchester City have been in a hurry ever since the Emiratis took over. And I think they've seen over the last two or three years that it's just got worse and worse. They've got, they've got lumbered with old players. They've got lumbered with expensive players like Yaya Toure. Um, they keep on trying to buy ready-made centre-backs to just plug in, and they're just not good enough. I don't know who scouts centre-backs for them. So they're going in different – and, of course, City are in the Champions League this year. So they're going in different ways. City have taken the short, short-term option. They're trying to build a great club. Um, and the short-term option is not getting them there. So Guardiola, the idea is he will build a great club from the ground up. Um, you know, City have done a lot of other things, putting franchises in place in Australia and, of course, in New York, um, hiring what they think are good young managers like Vieira, putting them in a system, building up their youth system. So it's a logical extension of that. Um Mourinho is of the old school. The third year is the curse. United are in a hurry. Um, he's got to get them back in the Champions League this year and contenders next year if he can't make the contenders this year. That's the objective. There is no long-term for United. They are a big club. They're just not delivering. Um, and, of course, there are different ways that manifest itself. You mentioned when we're talking off-air about Inacho and Rashford, two teenage strikers. 
one of whom is going to start probably this weekend in Nacho at the City. The other one, Rashford, who's just got a hat-trick for England under-21s, having been demoted to the under-21s because he's not starting for United, will probably be on the bench again. Um, Guardiola is not a centre-forward type coach. But nevertheless, Dzeko's gone. Um, Gabriel Jesus has arrived at Christmas, but he's only five foot nine. He's notionally a central striker. They bought Nolito. You look at who they bought. Inacho's number two. And clearly, Guardiola's happy with that. Mourinho, on the other hand, has bought an instant spine for his team. Bailly, Pogba, and up front, Zlatan. Mm. Zlatan's going to start. Zlatan's block. He has two very promising young strikers in Martial and Rashford. Zlatan's going to start on Saturday. He's a different type of striker from anybody City now has. In a way, I love Rashford, but he's going to have to be patient. Um, There is, interestingly, of course, the dynamic of the club, the history of the club. United fans like home-produced players. They like young players. Um, already Rash has become the first teenager ever to score for, for Mourinho in the Premier League. He's under pressure and he understands that. He understands that he has to keep the, the fans happy, even if he often gives the impression that he likes, likes provoking them. Yeah, I, I do think it's a very interesting narrative and, and a kind of a side point. Um, with Rashford, and <laughs> we didn't talk about this before, so I hope I don't put you on the spot too much, is the, the rise of Rashford came about through a Martial injury, and he leapfrogged uh, James Wilson and Will Keane, who were both once very highly touted themselves, although never scoring at the top level the way Rashford has already. And I'm noticing the same thing at Tottenham with the sales of Carroll and Bentaleb, uh, or sorry, with Mason and Bentaleb, and Pritchard, who was supposed to be very promising, but now Onoma has leapfrogged him. Um, we have the Chelsea Lonies just going everywhere every year, not really developing. But you do get some of these bright spots. Do, do you think that it's better for Rashford to be sitting behind the likes of Ibrahimovic and kind of Martial, even though he's playing on the wing, but I do think he, he is more of a center forward than a winger. Do you think it's better that he's learning from people like that at the club? Or do you think it would have been better for him to maybe go on loan to, to a lower side? I think, I mean, Rashford's a strange case because by all accounts, um, nobody in the youth system thought he was that brilliant. Yeah. Um, Van Gaal picked him. I think you look at the other two, you mentioned Wilson and who was the other one? Um, um, and you can Wilson. see very quickly what the issue is. They're not quick enough. They're neither particularly quick nor particularly big um and rashford is quick um very good on the ball and very aggressive he he's come in and in a way one of the paradoxes of rashford is he shows why Mourinho doesn't trust teenagers because he plays with the optimism of of a, of a, of a kid nothing can go wrong every time he gets the ball he's going for the throat He's not playing percentages. He's not thinking, oh, if I lose the ball here, it could be terrible. He goes for it, and he's very, very effective at it. He runs at people. Um, he's got a tremendous shot. He also plays his head up. He can find when, Once he's drawn defenders, he'll find opponents. But he is he's always wants to, to, to go on the attack, to take the ball forward. He's not, he's not 
looking after possession, playing the percentages, passing sideways. You know, you can see why um, Mourinho doesn't like that. And the question is whether the coach or the opposition, who are going to kick him every time he gets the ball, are going to beat that out of him. Um, but you can see, you can see from the first game what he brought um, to the mix. Um, Martial also in his first half a dozen games did that and has since, I don't know, had it coached out of him, been told he has to defend. Um, maybe everybody watched him. It's the other problem with transfers. You look at the guys who start really well and you think, wow. But everybody's watching them. Everybody's looking at the videos. Uh, maybe what's happened to Martial is everybody looked at the videos and thought, okay, he's going to beat us that way, but he can't beat us this way. Um, so going back to Martial, uh, to, to Inacho and, and Rashford, the one thing you say is that Rashford's numbers, or rather Inacho's numbers are actually better in goals per minute, yeah. shots per minute. He's made more appearances, but he's played fewer minutes because Rashford had this run at the end of last season where he started, suddenly started every game. Um, you know, he looks like the real deal, but then so did... Um, so did Martial six weeks into his United career. And now we're all wondering. Yeah. Again, it could be that sort of plateau thing, the way learning works. Yeah, the way you were talking about Rashford there kind of reminded me of how Della Ali broke through at Tottenham. Yes. Where, where everybody else in the squad was very much sticking to kind of the roles that, that Pochettino has enforced. Even Christian Eriksen, who would flourish much more if he was just allowed to be a number 10 and just always stay forward, like we saw with Vondervaart. But rather, he's being asked to track pe people back, usher them back towards Dyer. It was last year. This year may end up being Wanyama. And also lashing out at Ali. The problem is that Ali lashes out back, which uh, sees him get some cards and into some un unsavory situations. Uh, is that something that you think is sustainable? I know you mentioned Martial maybe got some of that um, impetus for lack of a better word, coached out of him a little bit. Do you think that over the years we will see Ali and Rashford maybe temper this uh, enthusiasm for going forward a bit? Or do you think that that's what makes them so brilliant and that they'll just continue in that way? Well, I think what I'm not sure I agree that Ali went beyond what he was told to do or went outside what he was told to do, probably went beyond it. He started off at Tottenham playing deeper and just got forward so much and was so good at it when he got there. And I think, you know, Pochettino wants his players to run further than anybody else. Um, and Ali was doing it. And this brings up a thought that actually crossed my mind briefly talk about Rashford going out and loan. Um, you know, I remember seeing Michael Owen at 19 in the World Cup in 1998, it must have been in France. And he was fabulous. He was terrified everybody played against. And what happened to him is he played too many games at 18, 19, 20, when he's still growing. Uh, he wasn't that big. He got kicked a lot. And although he remained a good striker, he lost the dazzling pace. And he was just permanently injured or recovering from injury for, for most of the second half of his career. He had good moments. but what you worry about, about guys like Ali, like Rashford, is that they play too many games at this age 
And it's not just that they get it coached out of them, they get put in a rigid system, they get told not, they get screamed at when they lose the ball in the opposing half and the opponents break away and score. It's that physically, at a moment when they're still not fully developed, they're putting too much strain on their bodies. And given how physical and dirty the modern game is, they're just getting battered the whole time. So in a way, if Rashford starts 20 games this season, that's probably about right. In all competitions? If, yeah, for, not for Rashford at 18, but Rashford at 28 or Rashford at 30. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's one of the problems, and it's one of the reasons you know, we were talking about transfers. Um, you know, and, and the question is, which team has bought fewest players this summer? Well, it's Manchester United with just four. Other clubs have bought 10 or 11. Hmm. Um, and and, and to, to highlight that short-termism, all four are meant to be first-teamers. I know Mkhitaryan hasn't gotten yet. But, but Mkhitaryan is, a, is an excellent squad player. Yes, but who's... Yes, absolutely. They're, they're, they've been, he's, he's given them a spine transfer transplant and it's worked and so far it's taken um pope is what 23 by 22 they've got they've got time and by uh, looks so bright but so does phil jones when he arrived again mm. injuries but lack of development um but match united like chelsea like match city have the luxury of buying the finished top class article um so i chelsea bought um uh, Nagoda County, probably the, even though Mares won the Player of the Year award, possibly the best player in the Premier League last season. He's got a plug in. He solves the problem immediately. Um, he makes everybody around him better. And Bachuai, who's in his brief appearances, has looked like the real deal. The fact that the other two they, big names they bought are a bit iffy tells you that even for the top clubs, Getting the players you want in them is, is, can be tricky. There aren't that many Champions League winning quality players available in every position, however much money you have. Mm. Um, you know, so, so when you're in a hurry and you've got lots of money, you, you shop first and you can, you can address your needs. Other city are building. That's very much what their, um, their shopping tells you. Building and slightly refocusing to buy in Pep Guardiola players. And other clubs are just having to, to some extent, either lower their sights. So, you know, Wanyama at, at, at Tottenham or Ashley Williams at Everton are guys who are just going to step in and do a job. But whether it's a job at the level that Pogba is doing or Bailly is another question. Yeah. Um, or else you're just buying loads of players Um hoping that not too many of them get injured and some of them will pay off. Mm. Yeah. Uh, maybe in the long term. I would like West to... West Ham. Yeah, West Ham brought in so many players. And then Andre Ayew immediately was out for months. They had Aaron Cresswell, who, by the way, um, Sean Whetstone, who listeners of this show will know uh, from West Ham, is saying that internally, they're not sure that Cresswell automatically wins that job when he gets back fit. Cresswell obviously was very good last season, but that's how highly they rate Masuaku. Who they also Masuaku is has clearly got. We want to go into details. Clearly got the the technique, the skill, the pace, the strength, mm. 
But some of the things he did, <laughs> he's done the first two, you just think, what is he thinking? Yeah. His passing is, um, even when he, he's clearly trying to make a, the right pass, which isn't always the case, is random. And, he, and I'm not sure he wants to play wing back. I'm not at all sure he wants to play wing back. He didn't seem there were times he he would overlap, push forward, and then the ball be lost and he'd stop and bend over and take a breath. Um this is a guy in the twenty two year old, allegedly in the Premier League. Um I was just like saying he shouldn't be that winded after that kind of run. No. And he should all but he should also be, you know, whatever you say about Cresswell, he's gonna bust it out to get back every time. Um so we shall see. I, I, Masuaku is very much, you know, West Ham are very much associated historically with the what Alan Sugar called the Carlos Kickerball players. Mm. They're all these foreigners who who really weren't on anybody else's radar, um, who they can pick up. In some cases, there have been problems with players who never played, and money changed hands, and it's all a bit odd. But and some of them pay off. Lanzini, for example. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, but, well, Antonio, who they brought up. For, oh, but if you're talking for. But and, Antonio's another. Yeah. Another sort of random, random player. get a game through the first well. half of the season, then they made him a winger, then they made him a wing back, realize he's, he's pretty awful defensively. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. He doesn't know how to defend. I mean, the. Oh, those Europa right, League matches were shocking. The but he could score and yeah. he could make things happen. He's he's aggressive. He's most strong, headed goals in 2016 in the Premier League, which also shows that's a dying art. Most of the other but players, it's a wing back, yeah. Well, they've also read well. Yes, um, um, they're a team built for Andy Carroll. We don't don't have Andy Carroll, but everybody's read the the, the research that says you damage your brain. Um, but Dimitri Payet, what a, you know, he's really winning the lottery um, mm. last year. Um, so there, the other sort of strategy, you get it right, um, you get Dimitri Payet, you get Lanzini. Um, you know, we were talking about, I mentioned Newcastle before. You look at Newcastle, they sell Sissoko for a profit of something like. They bought him for less than £2 million. Pounds. They sold him for 30 mm. They made a profit of Wijnaldum. They made a profit of Jan Matt. Um, you know, in the past, in recent years, they've made a profit on Kabai. They've made a profit on Debussy. Yeah. Um, and yet, which division are they are Newcastle playing in? They're playing in the, in, the, in, the, in the championship, and they're playing with all the players now that they, they've bought as part of their endless search for good investments um, either they're stuck with them or they like Sim de Jong or Florian Tovan who was not cheap they're out on loan Emmanuel Riviere and they're paying presumably to part of their salary Um, so you can you know Man City's problems last few years show the, the difficulties of going short term and they've switched direction. Um, Manchester United have also, in a sense, shown that the difficulty of going short term when your squad isn't good enough. Um, but they're they're still going short term, as are Chelsea. They need to get back in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 
I'd like to touch on, sorry, not to cut you off. I'd like to touch on the Newcastle thing a little bit more because it kind of is a, a linking thread. They aren't just the selling club, but kind of like West Ham, they went out and, and made a lot of gambles on highly talented players like Ayose Perez. It was supposed to work out. They did it with Jamal Lascelles, who it was between Dyer and Lascelles for them and us. We ended up with Dyer. They ended up with Lascelles, who obviously is not at that level yet. Um, Chancel Mbemba was very highly rated. Uh, when he was leaving Belgium. Uh, and so I, I totally agree with you. And in our first recording, but unfortunately you guys will never get to hear, it, it re- really was some great stuff from Peter. Uh, you, you brought up the analogy of going to the store yeah. and getting either one highly priced thing or loads of, of tiny priced things. And yeah, the, the lottery tickets, I think, is how you later referred to them as well, is you just when, get loads of players and hope some work out. When Manchester United bought four players, they've gone to... Um, Whole Foods, and they just bought four bags of um, steaks. They just, whereas West Ham or Middlesbrough, or whoever are buying ten or eleven players, they've come, they've gone to um, Costco, Costco, and they yeah. come back with eleven bags of grocery, and they know they're going to throw some of it away. Um, I would say about Jamal Lasalle, he's now the Newcastle captain. Yeah, very strange. Also, has not played well to start the season. He scored a goal. Um, but nobody's played well, and they, they, again, you know, he's being fast trapped because he he brings something else. He brings he brings attitude, um, which they which, did need, which we which they needed, um, especially with Colacini gone. Colacini brought attitude, though not every week. Um, and I think um, I don't know what's happened to and Stephen Taylor's gone, so they've had to they've had to remake their central defence. Yes, but you talk about these players being highly, highly rated when they arrive. You know, when, when your club buys a player, the first thing that happens is you go to YouTube and look for the highlights of that player or someone puts together a highlight reel of that player and puts it on YouTube. You have a three-minute highlight reel of anybody who's playing professional football who's been playing for more than two, two or three seasons, they're going to look good. Everybody's done two minutes worth of good stuff in their career. Um... You just don't know. You know what you're getting with Ibrahimovic because it's be, he's been in the window for 15 years. You know what you're getting with Pogba. You've seen it with Juventus. Um, you know he's played on the championship team. You know what you're getting with Kante. Yeah, you know what you're getting with Ashley Williams or Wanyama. Um, Mane. Oh, Mane. Yeah. Well, Mane's a... Money's another guy. Money's looked, I thought, tremendous this season, yet Liverpool are mid-table. They got four points, um, even though they played all three games away. Um, Mane, Balassi, I like, they're both players I like a lot. But there's still a question of whether they can deliver every week and whether, how, much the, how much they'll fit into the formation, how much formation needs to be changed for them. Benteke, who's gone to Crystal Palace, just a wrong buy for Liverpool. Everybody could see it except Brendan Rodgers and, and Christian Benteke. But then the question becomes, okay, there, there are things that the players can and can't do. But you then get the mental issue. Will Benteke ever be the same player again? Um, you know, at Tottenham, you're already having the Vincent Janssen thing. Is he the new Roberto Soldado? After three games, it... it so a lot of what happens, you talked about, are you arriving at West Ham and promptly injuring himself? There's so much. You're buying lottery tickets 
even when you're pretty sure the guy is good, it doesn't mean to say you're going to, you're going to be able to get the best out of him or he's going to be able to produce. Um, says why you pay 90 million for Pogba because you're, you're 90%, 95% certain that if he doesn't get injured, he can do it for you yeah. at a high level. Listen up, I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Yeah, um, uh, bringing it back to Chelsea a little bit, and we, we touched on youth, obviously, at the top of this show. What do you think of Chelsea's idea of just hoarding as many young players as possible and loaning them out? Well, we talked about how Newcastle have made money from selling players. Um, and Tottenham have made money from selling their players. I would say going back to, to Mason and Pritchard, Harry Winks is better, the guy they've got. Coming. Oh, than, than Carol oh, no, Mason. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, he's better. He, or he's got more upside um, in that his passing is really, really good. In Mason's case, he's a guy who started as a striker and was a phenomenal goal scorer mm. and couldn't score when he had chances in the first team. I mean, um, and that's, I think, that was what's going to separate him from other players. And maybe he'll come back as he gets older, um, that he will learn to, he will settle down in front of goal and start scoring those chances. Um, so going back to Chelsea, I think the problem is Abramovich is both greedy and impatient. So he wants to have the best of everything. He wants to have the best youth team. He's probably immensely proud that they've won the under 21 trophies in both England and Europe. Um, but he also, his team didn't, why did they not play these players last season when they were out of the Champions League? And, Bobbling along your mid-table. It was a mystery. Um, you give them games, but you give them games, you need to give them 50, 60, 70 games to, before you know how good they're going to be, most of them, before they feel comfortable in the Premier League. Um, that is something Chelsea cannot, a Chelsea manager cannot afford to do. Um, so they become a sort of small profit centre because the amount of money Chelsea makes loaning them out. Um, is impressive but it's if you i don't know if you're a parent given that the vast majority of youth football players don't make it and chelsea come up they're going to start listening to there's a plan now just to insist that parents of youth players who sign with big clubs turn over their phone records and their bank account details to make sure they haven't received illegal payments mm. but if you're being promised a lot of money by chelsea and not much money by Reading, well, okay, we can buy a house with what Chelsea are offering us, um, and he probably isn't going to make it anyway. Um, but, um, but yes, they're getting, they're getting money from Ajax for Bernard Bertrand Traore. Um, Kennedy to Watford, I think. They're probably getting money. I don't know. They're probably paying part of his salary because, again, the way you get these players, oh, we fancy Kennedy. 
the way you get him, even even though, and it's astonishing to me that football players can count to 25, 30, 90 million, but they can't count to 11. Mm. Um, you look at the squad and you think, well, where am I going to play? Um, well, I mean, it's I'm kind sure of they're the playing arrogance, but brilliance of footballers is that they always assume that they're going to be able to beat out whoever's in front of them, yeah? Yes, yes. Um, with a few exceptions. Um, I think footballers also know from training who's better than them, who's doing better, who, who's mm. playing better. Um, but you'd have thought Kennedy having, I mean, it was Ake last season, wasn't it, who I really like. Why is he at 21? He looked the part in the Premier League. Why is he now at Why aren't they taking him? Mm. Uh, also, but- we talked in our other recording, Andreas Christensen is arguably the most talented center back that Chelsea own, but they sent him out on a two-year loan, and now they can't bring him back. Well, that also means he's going to get the 40-50 games. True. Um, he's, True. Going to, he's going to be... And at a good club, Moshe and Gladbach, who are also in the Premier League. And against good League. opposition. Yes. Yeah. So, but yes, but then you go out, let's say they'd got John Stones, um, and John Stones had done the job, um, you know... Um, then he'd have gone out alone and they'd have paid a fortune for John Stones, who made this, I think, a smarter decision. Um, and they lose this guy. Uh, but again, it's sort of the short term versus the long term. Um, mm. But yes, it's, there should be a, why was there not some sort of um, recall clause in the contract? Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, you mentioned, again, kind of the topic of this whole show, which is the short-term versus the long-term. With that parameter surrounding it, who do you think had the transfer window that best reflected the mentality at the club? Ooh, Manchester United. They're um, going short-term and got great players. And, but they also, and they also, they are into marketing and image um, you know, alongside Real Madrid, those are the two clubs that are obsessed with, I think, the idea of being the biggest club in the world. So there's a certain point to paying a world record transfer fee that actually makes a statement. Um, and if you, you know, there's a lot of criticism of Manchester United for bludgeoning everybody else to death with their checkbook, for paying a world record fee. And you, you went on Twitter and you read the Manchester United fans a lot, and I hope I'm not offending many Manchester United fans. Actually, I hope I am. Um, a lot of Manchester United fans internationally support the club because it is the biggest, the richest, the most successful, and confuse the fact that they can outspend everybody else with the fact that they're not winning anything in the recent years. Um, and you went on Twitter, and Manchester United fans loved the fact they'd broken the transfer record. Absolutely adored it. And for a player they already knew. A player that and the, yeah, the, the, the fact that they sold him for for, for next to nothing um, to make way for other players who haven't made it. You know, even Alex Ferguson didn't always get it right. But again, maybe Pogba needed however many 100, 120 games, whatever he's played in Italy. Yeah, we had a really interesting conversation um, with Joshi, who's a Manchester United guy, and he was saying if Pogba had stayed under Moyes or Louis van Gaal, would he have improved this much and would he have wanted to stay this long? 
But instead, he goes to Juventus, gets to play with Marquisio and Pirlo and Pereira, who sh- shockingly went to Watford for some reason, and right. got to play with all these very talented midfielders, get that experience in the Serie A, which is a, a pretty close analog stylistically uh, for the Premier League in that, you know, there are tough defenses, you don't have a lot of time on the ball. Uh, and now comes back as a fully established player. I mean, obviously the disparity in the amount they sold him for and the amount they bought him for is hilarious. But maybe if you just look at the player, this was the right path for him. Yes. Um, in a way, what it says is the a sort of turn, a, a, a reversal of the relationship between the the Premier League and Serie A over the last twenty years. So when Arsene Wenger took over Arsenal around the time he took over Arsenal at his instigation. They bought two young French kids who everybody knew were brilliant, who had been bought by Italian clubs and then sat on the bench. And they were Vieira and Henri. (laughs) And Henri had been playing in the Champions League for for Monaco before he went to Italy, Juventus, and didn't get a game because they were all... They'd bought him because he was the best young thing out there and then didn't play him because they'd They've got everybody else already. Um, and this is sort of a reversal of that. When you look at the number of players who are, you know, you know, there are players going out now, there are English players going on loan to Italy. Um, so it's another statement of the, um, of the financial superiority of the Premier League. Uh, and it is buying... Is buying all, you know, and again, we're talking about, we talked about the grocery shop. It's like when you go to the grocery shop and say, oh, I like, I like, I had a nice, nice Italian dish once. There's some of the ingredients, I buy them, and then you actually don't know how to cook them. Mm. So it just sits in the cupboard. Um, or you do make it, and then it's just not nearly as good. Doesn't work because you didn't understand how, how to do right. it. So a lot of these, they're just, you know, the English clubs can go and buy whoever they want if they pay a premium. Um, which I think is most of them are prepared to do. So, three weeks into the season, yeah. Manchester United have and Mourinho have got what they wanted and what they paid for. Yeah, um, in, our, in our previous conversation, we had discussed Everton, Tottenham and Liverpool. You mentioned again, uh, briefly, that the Williams and Wanyama and Sané signings represent buying a known quantity? Or sorry, no, sorry, it's, it's Mane, sorry, not Sané. Oh, yes. right, right, sorry. Um, although what's interesting in the first two games is how much better Mane, how much more visible Mane has been than one album. Mm. I think of similar players. But yes, um, you're getting, and I suppose you could say Joe Allen, is another one who fits into that um, into that category. Um, Balassi, maybe Idris Gay, although God knows what you know. He's played a season, but but he was he was a delicious worst. can of Conte Light last season. Yes, but he was playing in the worst team in in recent Premier True. League history. Um, and again, he might have had something to do that do with that, even if he did catch the eye. But yes, um, everybody, particularly when you talk about gambling, what everybody's gambling on is someone with the pace and the skill to unlock defences consistently, which seems to be the most difficult um, 
position to fill. So we look, we mentioned Andros Townsend, who's gone to another club. Um, can he do it consistently? Musa Sissoko, um, I don't know if you watched the Euros, mm. brilliant against Germany. He yeah. was just absent again in the final. Couldn't, part maybe because the Portuguese had him, had him worked out. Maybe he was tired. Maybe he just couldn't, couldn't find a way. Couldn't just, um, you know, they present him with a problem he couldn't solve. So, you know, you try him, we give him a few games, you move on to the next one. They've also got George Kevin and, and Kadu they bought. Mm. You know? And they've also, and Sissoka's going to be replacing somebody, um, you know, like Ericsson in the team. Yeah. Well, we know he's starting this week, probably for Lamella, who's returning too late uh, from international oh. duty. But, yeah, yeah where, where is he going to play long term? Um, but that's the case. The that's the league. case of where having a big squad allows you to turn uh, an accident into your advantage. Mm. Uh, so Lamella traveling all the way to to South America for the to play for Argentina gives him a chance. Soka's going to, you know, at some point Wanyama is going to disappear to play for Kenya. Um, but not for the African Cup of Nations, as they did not qualify. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, you're paying attention. <laughs> um, so, and injuries and so on. If you have the right squad, if you have depth, you have balance, and you can keep everybody happy, coming back to why it's good to have a hierarchy, why, in a sense, someone like Rashford and Martial behind Ibrahimovic are appealing because you have a clear hierarchy there, um, then you will in the natural course of a long season, um, you know, Spurs were unbelievably lucky with injuries last season, but you will, and suspensions, you will get to try these guys out. Wanyama has been the best player because um, Mr. Dembele suspended. Yeah. That's yeah. an opportunity. And that kind of ties in with the Rashford thing earlier, who got in because of Martial. Um, so we, you, we established Manchester United probably lived up to their philosophy the best is there anybody that you think might have fallen short of the mark or, or bought out of character? I don't know what's going on at West Brom. Um, you sort of feel sorry for some of the guys. They've obviously got new owners. They they had an, an old owner in in, in, in peace who, who I think was Daniel Levy-like in his negotiating approaches. Or at least he wanted to think he was. Um, and, you know, they're getting... One of the things we didn't talk about is people who stay. So Leicester have done very well by not yeah. losing anybody. Um, Watford as you know, well with Dini and Nigallo turning down yes. enormous bids that arguably they should have taken. And at the same time, West Brom might have done badly by not selling Berahino, Saida Berahino. Um, but you look at, at at West Brom, you've got a feel for Nasser Chadley. And Matt Phillips, who I think has got potential. How Robson Carnu? Um, I like Brendan Galloway, but he's only alone. Um, didn't really, it seems to me, upgrade or solve their fundamental problem, which is they can't score goals. I don't think, unless Carnu starts banging them in or Chadley. And I don't particularly think it's Rondon's fault, who did score nine last year. There's just so little creativity, which I suppose Chadley should help. McLean is what he is. He's not amazing, but he, he can fulfill the he's, role of at least getting forward. He's really nasty, though. Really nasty. True. Um, and undisciplined, which is a surprising for a Pulis player. Um, but again, you look at the players, they've been sort of going through um, 
uh, Victor Nishibi, Stefan Sessegnon, should have been good. Um, no. Both been just allowed their careers effectively died at West Brom. Um, so I think West Brom had a bad summer. With all these, with clubs like Middlesbrough and Watford, um, Swansea losing Ashley Williams and, and, and IU is huge. Yeah. Um, Fernando Llorente? I don't know. Um, Years late for Llorente to make a move. Um, so we'll see if, if, if Borja Baston turns out to be um, any good, but you get these guys who haven't quite made it to Atletico, Barcelona, and Real Madrid. Everybody gets very happy, very excited, but they turn out that turns out to be a reason why they haven't made it. I don't think they had a good summer um, because they've lost and not replaced and not upgraded. Yeah. Um, so the problems are sort of where you'd expect um, at the, and I think Stoke's problem, Stoke have. Again, not not bought any really eye catching names. Well, I mean, Boney, Boney, and Joe Allen, and they've replaced Volscheid with uh, Bruno Martinsendi, who at least is a better athlete. Yes, but um, but their problem is not. It seems to me, um, is not the talent level in the squad. It's the turning talent and performances to consistent mm. results and the early signs of seasons they still can't do it and it's all the fault of referees of course um, who are giving all these penalties against them yeah. so the clubs who are struggling in the market the, the, it's the sort of middle class clubs who who, who, are, who find it difficult to upgrade Um it's another reason why doing the West Ham approach and just buying so many of them uh, makes sense. Uh, you know, mind you, and Leicester have bought a lot. Buying Musa Le- and then immediately replacing him with Slomani. Yes, I, I, from what I, I haven't seen anything of Slomani yet in the Leicester shirt, Musa looked terrifying in his little brief appearances. Mm. Um, and we shall see about Arsenal. I yeah, think that's a lot upset. of money spent. A lot of money spent essentially on three players. Um, but in key, in key areas where they did need... Yes, whether Lucas Perez is, adds anything to what they already have. Um, you know, Shkodra and Mustafi should be good. Um, Granite Zaka is the latest of a long list of, of Vieira and Petit replacements. Um... He needs to avoid getting red cards and getting a reputation for having red cards. Mm. Um, Which we've learned from Pepe is almost impossible to shake, even though he hasn't really gotten any any harsh uh, sending-offs in well, the past I, few years. Well, a completely different subject. So before the, the Euros, mm. but after the Champions League final... UEFA had a refereeing camp, and they said at the refereeing camp they were actually watching videos of specific players looking for tendencies, looking for ways that certain players cheat. And they didn't say who. So, of course, every player in the tournament thinks they're looking at me. Uh oh, they've watched my videos. You could have hit Pepe on the head with a baseball bat in that tournament, and he would not have flinched. 
some of the if you took a real battering in the final didn't complain once um so that sort of performance that sort of thing you know pepe's no fool the trouble is i think Xhaka is slightly um is slightly different he just kicks people um because he because the they have that modern modern defensive midfielder mentality. In fact, the modern mentality of almost every position on the field, they shall not pass. Someone beats him, he kicks them to the ground. Um, and that is what referees are trying to stamp out. Um, and he gets a reputation for it. Uh, that's the first element, the first problem. The second problem is, I'm the central midfield player, I need to be more matching than anybody around me, which is as Nicola Kante has shown you it's not the case mm. you could just run off laughing like the road runner um, <laughs> with the ball but I think he's both wants to be macho and I think he gets beaten and then and, tri- and then brings the player down um, which is really been the focus of so many of the refereeing changes over the last decade it's just stop that um, so we shall see. You know, it's um, it, it's three weeks into the season. We shall see how this turns out. We, players hit the ground running and then fade, and other players keep on adjusting and adapting and moving on to a new level. Yeah. It, based on, on the whole conversation we've had today and, and already your, your pre-existing thoughts, has the table that you envision at the end of the year shifted at all due to this window? Due to the due to the window and the first three weeks, yeah. I can see Manchester United still being top at the end of the season, mm-hmm. with Chelsea second, City and Arsenal to round out the top four, Liverpool and Tottenham. Kind of no, City probably to round out City or Chelsea second, and then Arsenal, Tottenham, Leicester, Liverpool to round out the top four. One of those. Interesting. So, you think Tottenham think, can still get up there even with Champions I, League? I think Tottenham is still up there, and I think I think Leicester can still get up there. Wow. I, and, I think Leicester I, I, have the widest range of outcomes. I think they yeah. could finish anywhere from fourth to like 12th. I think Everton actually. Were in that mm, interesting, yeah. Um, but Everton fans have learned, have, you know, the cruelest thing about hope is that it, if you're an Everton fan, that it always dies. Fair enough. So, title of the show, Tottenham are going to make the Champions League. <laughs> That's your... I think they have the potential. I think they are behind the three rich guys again, mm. um, unless things unravel at any of those clubs. And, you know, Mourinho's last gig turned to, turned to crap in his hands, so we'll see. And Abramovich is a bit of an interferer. Yeah. Um, and City still do not look as if they have, even though they haven't introduced a lot of the players they bought, they still do not look like a fully, they look more balanced, mm. but they're still very hot and cold, very hit and miss. Um, one still doesn't entirely trust the defense. Yeah, it will be interesting. Uh, it looks like we may be able to see Gundogan this weekend, either starting or as a sub, which I think makes that team a lot better. I love David Silva, and I think it's been interesting that they've been playing him further back thus far to accommodate Sterling, who's been incredible thus far under Guardiola, De Bruyne, and uh, it's sometimes Navas on the right. I think eventually that is Sané's job. Nava, I think Navas is the, the, the incredible one that he's starting. I think Sterling 
Sterling is is the problem with Sterling is is he is a tremendous at creating danger. Mm. He he he's got good control, good speed. He's aggressive. We talked about this with Rashford. Um, he's lousy at turning those dangerous situations into goals or assists. Um, so we scream at him more on the TV than when it's anybody else because he's getting so many good situations which he's creating then wasting. Well, a lot of other players just don't. You know, when was the last time Rooney? Rooney had an assist last weekend. But you look at a lot of other players, they're not doing that. Um, so you can see why they want to persist with him. Um, and and you know, if it's something in his head, then that's a real test. This is what why you pay Guardiola the big bucks for. Yeah, solve that problem. Um, it's it's Jesus Navas, the one I think is remarkable. He's still starting. Yeah. All right, going from the top to the bottom, we already mentioned some teams that you weren't impressed by in the transfer window. Who do you think is going to end up dropping out of the league this season? Well, you asked me three weeks ago. I said Hull. Yeah, they've looked so, uh, I don't want to say good, but um, hmm, solid? That's not the word I want. But They looked like they knew what they were doing against Manchester United, what they were trying to achieve, and they almost achieved it. And, of course, they won their first two games. Mm-hmm. So they only have to get 34 points now, uh, or 30, 30, 33 to, to escape. Um, again, you can have that Aston Villa, the wheels come off, just or, or Newcastle, the wheels come off. And you could see that happening to Watford. You could see that happening to um, of the teams that were at Sunderland. If the wheels have ever been put back on, that um, they come off again. Um, you'd obviously go with Burnley, um, Hull, and, and Middlesbrough. Although they look like the the deepest of the promoted teams. West Brom, Stoke. If Stoke keep on going the way they're going. Um, you know, panics can spread through the team. There's a lot of. Um, I've given you half the division, but mm. we talk about the transfer window and not knowing what you're getting. A lot of people are are still shuffling through their squads to see what they've got, and if things go badly wrong in that period before they've really settled and before they realise that they've either got in, before they realise they've drawn a bunch of. Um, a bunch of low cards. Um, you can find yourself in that Aston Villa spiraling downward situation. Um, or Newcastle. Newcastle actually played quite not... N- n- I won't mention the last game of last season, but even before that, there were games where Newcastle played pretty well. Mm. You know, they weren't consistently rubbish like Villa. Um, consistently mediocre. Or even Sunderland. Um so there's, there's, there's eight or nine teams that could find themselves down there and, and, and struggling to get a foothold. Mm. Do you think there will be more excitement at the bottom of the table than there was top of the table last year? You come back to the old issue of, of, of greatness versus competitiveness. And what we had last season was, I think... I saw a guy, I'm, I'm, in, I'm currently in the States, I saw a guy on a city bus in New Haven yesterday wearing a Leicester City shirt. Um, that top of the, the table last season, uh, even though it was a fake race for the last month, was just so exhilarating and so engaging and so emotionally involving for you know, anybody 
any football fan anywhere that that even if it wasn't a close race, it was a um, it was a, it, it provided a thrill. I think this season is going to be if it goes the way I, I see it going, which is Manchester United, Chelsea slug it out with City in the mix. That's going to be the sort of season we've been familiar and it could go familiar with over the last decade and it could go down to the wire. If, you know, um, of course, Manchester United or could simply just disengage if they, if, if things all fall their way. Um, you know, one tends to think of the scripts when one has already read. Um, hmm. The, on the bottom of the table, really, we had two teams gone um, three or four weeks for the end of the season. Yeah. Um, we shall see. Um, you know what you really want is is we don't want to see clubs, a lot of clubs getting two or three clubs getting averaging more than two points a game. Right. Um, that sort of kills it, and that opens up huge gaps. Mm. All right. Well, it has been excellent speaking with you. Would you like to plug your Twitter or any articles? Um, well, I should be covering the, the Manchester Derby on Saturday for, um, for, uh, Sports Illustrated. It'll go up there. And my Twitter feed is Peter G Berlin. Um, so follow me. Awesome. Well, Peter G Berlin. And thanks so much indeed, Kevin. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us this time and for joining us earlier in the week. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, again, that one not coming out, but very much, uh, thankful that you were uh, willing to come back and, and go it's for a, a take two. Pity we couldn't, uh, we couldn't work in all my hilarious jokes from last time. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. Great speaking. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.